What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Guest Friday on Not Your Average Boston Sports Podcast. I am your host, Garrett Hayden. As always, you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, and you can follow our social pages on uh, Facebook and Twitter slash X, the latest updates. Uh, this week, we got a returning guest, Evan Greasing, dropping by to uh, talk some Red Sox. And, uh, you know, Evan, I'm looking forward to talking with you as always, but I got to tell you, this offseason has been a little bit disappointing. Yeah, I feel like the news cycle we hear from our Red Sox beat writers and out of the front office is a little bit disappointing, um, kind of, you know, as they're, you know, not spending a ton in free agency. You know, we always had the hope for Otani coming our way. Then it was just like, all we want is Jorge Soler or someone like that. So we really, you know, no disrespect to Jorge Soler. I, you'll actually hear later, probably he's on, a play, I'd love to have him on the Red Sox now of remaining guys that are free agents, but, you know, mm -hmm. uh, definitely not spending like a big market team this off season, but that does not mean the season is for not. So excited to dive into this with you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I am as well. You know, I think you're right. It's a little bit disappointing about the lack of like spending, I guess, but like you said, there's no reason to be, you know, worried about the season. I mean, I think that there's reasons to be excited for the guys that they did bring in and then, you know, what that means for the guys currently on the roster in terms of their, you know, opportunities. Uh, sure. So I'm going to start talking about the uh, pitching rotation and, you know, obviously they make the addition signed Gilito a couple weeks ago. Um, and I think I was kind of surprised that there wasn't more that they did. You know, I don't know if this is it for their pitching rotation, uh, like the addition, but I think I like the player, but I'm curious about, you know, how the rotation will be different. You know, obviously they hired the new pitching coach, and I think that there's a lot being said about that, that, you know, maybe that's the change that, you know, could end up being a, the the biggest change that help, that helps. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see what Giolito can do this year. Um, he, you know, we signed him to a one-year contract. I think it's a player option, I think, or maybe team option, I don't recall, for the next year. Um, but I feel like it will either be, you know, a big up or a big down with Giolito. So you look at his stats from 2019 to 2021, um, he was had really, uh, really strong seasons, uh, very high, like, strikeouts per nine, uh, high like ERA plus, um, low or yeah, high ERA plus really, really strong years for, for three or four consecutive years. You know, you'd consider him an ace of the staff, like he was in Chicago. Um, and then, you know, 2023 came, he started out the season with Chicago, started out. Okay. Got worse. And then kind of turned in the second half, kind of had that bad year. Uh, he allowed the most homers of any pitcher in the major leagues. Um, but over his career, he's had a strong war. He's had a strong wins above replacement. Um, he's been a reliable starter. He'll eat up innings. Um, I don't hate the move for the Red Sox. I'm curious to see like how he'll be doing midseason to see you know if they'll end up trading him or what have you um, at the deadline, depending on how the team is doing. But mm -hmm. I think it's a good a good pickup and can solidify the rotation a bit. But yeah, similar to you, I'm curious kind of where things will shake out with the rotation because they do have some really strong strong pitchers but no, not that star. So like whether they're going to go after Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell, you know, two guys that might be out of their price range. 
mm-hmm. or even drop a little bit lower, go into like a Mike Lorenzen category of pitcher, um, mm-hmm. just to kind of add another option in the bullpen because we just lost Big Maple James Paxton to the Dodgers, uh, and won't be bringing him back this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like you, I I like the addition because I think they're hoping that maybe he can get back to the picture that he was a couple of years ago. I mean, I don't think I'm thinking that it's going to be like, you know, Cy Young contender, but I think as long as he can be someone that can, that can consistently pitch into the sixth inning, seventh inning, and kind of just give you innings, you know, I think that's really kind of what they're looking for um, in terms of uh, the starting pitchers. And, you know, I'm curious about Andrew Bailey's addition, you know, the new pitching coach and, you know, does that help any of the other guys that, you know, likely are going to be put into rotation spots? I think when you think about someone like Pavetta, someone like Crawford, you know, obviously Brian Bayo. So kind of curious about the the differences in terms of does the pitching staff, are they any more effective than they were last year? Does the coaching change do anything to improve them? Yeah, I have a feeling it will. I think like it was an interesting year for the Red Sox, but as we know, it didn't turn out the way Red Sox fans hoped it did. Um, you know, you saw big drop offs for like guys like Tanner Houck. You saw Brian Bayo. You know, people thought he was going to be like the next Pedro. Still might be, still very young, but not a great season for him. But guys like Pavetta and Crawford had career years. Now Pavetta, we were flip flopping between the bullpen, between starter. Um, but I think with Bailey's help, if he can kind of solidify back into a starter full time and pitch at the quality he was last year. You never mm-hmm. know. Um, and then guys like Cutter Crawford, I mean, career year, uh, above average pitcher, definitely strikeouts per nine increasing. So I do think that there's some hope with the rotation. I'm also really excited. I'm sure we'll get to it, but like to talk about the bullpen too. I think that's definitely going to probably be the strength of this team mm-hmm. or one of the strengths, um, even with some of the additions they brought in over the off season. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I think that that's, Definitely a spot to be, you know, curious about how they perform. But, you know, yeah, I mean, I think when you think, think about the pitching rotation, it's not, you know, one kind of solidified top of the rotation guy, but, you know, hopefully it's a couple different guys pitching in and, you know, they are able to make it work and they're able to, you know, stay healthy. Yeah. No Chris Sale, which will be. No Chris Sale or James Paxton. So in the staying healthy department, that might help that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Chris Sale, it's a tough loss. You know, obviously, you know, great player for Boston, 2018 World Series champion, champion, a critical part to that. Um, but I mean, we were seeing, you know, statistics that were kind of sliding for him. Um, so I'm sure he'll probably go to the Braves and win the Cy Young. Um, <laughs> but um, this was a tough couple last years in Boston. So I think a change of scenery will be good for him, but tough not to have him on on our side of things anymore. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that was a very, very fascinating trade because I think there were a lot of ways to feel about it that you felt like, okay, you know, they're kind of finally off that big contract. But, you know, you felt bad for him because of all the injuries that he went through the last couple of years. And, you know, I also think the other part of it, they got a pretty good player in return. And I think someone that people can start to be excited about, um, you know, Von Grissom coming in from, um, Atlanta, you know, obviously there's the video of him hitting his first career home run um, at Fenway Park, which, you know, was was pretty neat a couple of years ago. But, 
Um, I'm really excited about him. I'm curious about what he's going to bring to the infield and into the line and into the lineup. Yeah, I feel like he'll bring a lot of good contact hitting. I think, you know, he'll probably be at the bottom of the lineup or at some points, maybe like top, like lead off second um, up there with Jaron Duran or what have you. But like, you know, hit 320 in the minors. Um, he only has 200 MLB at bats. So like, you know, this is a guy that's still pretty new into his career. So, you know, we'll see kind of how he shapes up to be. But I mean, hitting over 300 in the minors is no, no short, you know, accomplishment. Um, also has speed. Steals about 15 bags a year. So I think that there's, you know, a, could, a good chance for a dynamic player. I do think his defense could use some work um, according to some of the stats there. But, you know, um, I think that he'll definitely be, it'll be great to sure up second base after a, a rotating, you know, of like Christian Arroyo and Jonathan Arauz and putting story there when yeah. Xander had his last year and just kind of a rotating door there. So I think it'll be fun to watch a young, young new player develop at Fenway. Yeah, and I'm kind of excited about the what the infield may look like. You know, I think Casas, great rookie year, you know, really build, built off of the solid months that he had at the beginning of the season and then, you know, had a good finish to his year. So you hope that he can build off of it. And then you got Grissom, you got Story, and then Devers. And, you know, I think if everything works out the way that it should, I mean, that's a pretty good group of four infielders. Yeah. I guess when I've been reading like Casas and story have been looking really good in the off season too, just like they're in the cages hitting, you know, I'm sure every team says that about their players, but you know, thinking on the optimistic side of things, you look at Casas second half, like played like an all-star. Um, he could actually be that this year. It would give mm -hmm. it a full season and Trevor story had a couple down years, but he could be in for a bounce back too. you know, yeah. always think of like the allure of the green monster with him. Like it's just, it, the park is such built for his swing and for his power. So yeah. Um, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. You really hope that he can, you know, stay healthy and be a good, you know, kind of just be a good solid defensive player. Cause I felt like last year the defense was really lacking, you know, a lot of, a lot of errors, a lot of guys that maybe were playing in positions that perhaps it was too much for them. So, you know, curious about how that improves this year. Cause I think it should, for sure. I feel like too, like the outfield defense is definitely getting better as well. Yes. Um, like not in, not, not just the infield defense. Like if you look at like the acquisition of Tyler O'Neill, which I'm excited to talk about, but like mm -hmm. two time gold glove, two time gold glove player. It's like Jaron Durant has had his issues in the outfield as we know, but I think it's kind of shored some of those up over time mm -hmm. and you know, whatever we end up doing in like right field with whether it's like Abreu or Yoshida or, uh, Sedan Raffaella, I think that there's, you know, definitely options there that can, can sure up the, the outfield as well. But yeah, excited to see them from a defensive standpoint, but I feel like last year was not their strongest defensively. So maybe, um, in for better times there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's interesting that you mentioned Tyler O'Neill. I also really like that move that they made. Um, you know, obviously not a direct swap for Dugo, you know, for Dugo out traded to the Yankees O'Neal in. Um I'm I'm excited about him defensively, but I think also with the bat, you know, he had 34 home runs a couple of years ago. And I think it's something that if he can stay healthy, you know, kind of a theme here, um, that if he can stay healthy, I think it really helps give their offense another 
solid right-handed bat, which I think they really need. Yeah, I mean, clearly this next stat's the most one important one that matters. I did a franchise mode in MLB The Show and had Tyler O'Neill on my team. And after like two years of progression, he was hitting 60 bombs. So clearly that's the type of progression we're expecting yes, for him this year. Clearly. So, but I but being biased to him from that, and I was like, great, now he's on my team. Um, I'm psyched he's at the Red Sox. I feel like he has a swing built for Fenway, um, just like with his stance and his power. Um, he has had a bit of a career regression over the last couple of years, but like you said, hit 34 homers in 2021. I could see him hit in mid twenties this year for the Red Sox strong defender. Um, I think he's also a, a hard worker, good teammate. So I think he's going to fit right in Boston and be a good staple in the outfield. There are two love, things. Love the move. What did you say? Sorry. I said, sorry. I said, love the move. Yeah. Uh, there are two things that I'm curious about asking you. One what did you, what was your opinion about trading Verdugo, you know, that whole move? Yeah. I'm going to get really like, going to try not to get too much like this, but I really want to get like st stats in here about how excited I am about these new pitchers. So we got three guys from the Yankees um, in response, in return from Verdugo. Mm -hmm. I feel like the thing with Verdugo was he, he was definitely like, you know, a good hitter. He had his fine moments in Boston, had some good like, catches you know finished eighth i think it was an mvp voting in 2020 but that was a weird season as we all know um no one even saw it happen in the ballpark um and i know there were some run-ins between him and cora and just kind of you know potentially some clubhouse things there so i think whenever you see the red sox make a trade with the yankees definitely like kind of eye-opening um but i think that you know you're losing 13 homer production but regressions in batting average ops so like not you're not mm -hmm. losing like a, you know, like a, not to bring up a sore spot, but like Xander Bogarts or like a Mookie Betts. Okay. Alex Verdugo is a great player, but just not that same quality. But the guys they got back, I got my eye on two of them. Um, Greg Weissert, um, he is a minor league pitcher. Um, he's been mostly in double and triple A. He has, he has thrown 31 ML, MLB innings, but over 310 innings in the minors, he has a 290 ERA. Like this guy has good strikeout numbers, has good velocity. I think you could actually see him up in the majors this year, contributing to the bullpen, which is part of the reason I'm so excited about the bullpen. Um, and then Richard Witz is another guy that they got. Um, definitely a minors, still in the minors. He'll probably start in Worcester, uh, 24 years old. So, you know, a couple good development guys. In addition, Nicholas Judas was eighth round pick. They had, they got this summer, just flipped over in the deal. He hasn't even played in the minor leagues yet, but you know, two minor league kind of guys to stash right now. And then Weiser, who I could see actually competing for a bullpen spot. So I feel like they did definitely got something in return. Yeah. And if they're looking a different direction in the outfield, I think that it was a, a good move for the team. Gotcha. Um, and then going back to Tyler O'Neill, where do you think defensively, where do you think the best spot for him is? Oh gosh. Um one of the corner outfield spots. Okay. Left field, field. Haven't okay. I can answer. I, mean, I haven't looked at his splits by left field or right field, but I feel like Duran's probably gonna lock down center. So gotcha. Um I'm also curious about, you know, we've talked about some of the offseason moves that they've made. And, you know, obviously Craig Breslow has come in and I think done a solid job, I think with the moves that he's made, what do you think about him so far in, in his job? Yeah, I think like given the, you know, just being 
honest, like the limitations from leadership. I think he's done a really good job. I think he's definitely, you know, given his background as a pitcher, again, I'm really into the pitching staff this year, given his background as a pitcher, I think he's definitely kind of making hay there of bringing in these, you know, potential studs in the rotation um, or rotation and bullpen guys that you might not have heard of before, not you, but like the average fan might not have heard of before that are coming in and, you know, can make some waves. Um, I think he's done a good job. I think he'll be a, a good change for the team. And I think that he definitely has like, um, he'll have a good, good tenure here in Boston. I think it will be interesting too, when the team does decide to spend again and does, you know, and maybe does tend to be more of a front runner, the types of moves he makes. And also if he's willing to deal prospects too, I think that there's, you know, we definitely have a lot of guys stashed right now. And I'm curious if he'll convert those into any um, more assets for the now versus the future. So I'm excited to see where he takes it, but feeling good about things so far, given the expense pressures the team's under. I think I was, you know, pleased that they brought him in because I think when you've looked at their prospect pool over the last couple of years, not a whole lot of like homegrown pitching guys. Um, and I think, you know, his background in pitching is important because I think you're already seeing that with some of the things that they've already tried to do. And um, I think bringing in the new pitching coach and, you know, seeing if they can find find ways to improve their major league pitching, but also find ways to improve their minor league system so that they can bring up some of these guys. You know, Bayo, I think, really is the only guy that you can even think about in the last, you know, 10 years of someone that they've, you know, grown and brought up and has been really, really good. Yeah, totally agree. And I feel like this year, you know, we could look at Brian Mata to come up from Worcester. Um, injuries kept him out a lot of last year, but I think that he could be another guy that we have our eye on, you know, through a cup of coffee in Worcester last year, he didn't look great, but, you know, just coming off of injury has a proven track record in the minors. That's another guy that, you know, has been more like homegrown talent, but I agree. I think that Breslow has done some good, good work in bringing in those, you know, high minors pitchers. Um, if you, if you don't mind me, I'll, I'm excited about a couple of guys I was looking into, yeah, uh, obviously the guys in, in the Yankees trade, but, um, two guys, I think that you're going to hear at Fenway this year, pitching really well, Isaiah Campbell. Got him in the Luis Urias trade when we trade Luis Urias to Mariners. Oh. Um, pitched in 28 games for the Mariners last year in the majors. Um, super good stats. Had an ERA below three, a FIP of 3.3, like oh, striking out over 10 batters over nine innings. And every year in the minors, he's performed super well. Um, has good strikeout stuff. I think that Isaiah Campbell's a name to watch. Mm -hmm. Also, Justin Slayton. Um, he was put on waivers by the Rangers. Um, super high strikeout numbers in double and triple A. Uh, didn't have great years in 21 and 22, but 2023 had like a fantastic year. He'd be a new rookie. He'd be making his major league debut, but I think those are a couple guys you could see in the bullpen or even competing for kind of like one of the opener roles if mm -hmm. there's changes in the rotation. But I think that to your point, Breslow has done a good job of identifying maybe those like diamonds in the rough talent for our pitching staff. Gotcha. Um, and so thinking about you know it's crazy crazy to say this that we're only a couple weeks removed from pitchers and catchers reporting um, the best the off season i think as many of the off seasons in the last couple of years it's been pretty slow and there are still 
you know, guys that still haven't been signed. So I'm curious about, do you think that they will make another kind of major move? Or do you think this team that they have is pretty much the team that's going to report to training camp or uh, spring training? Yeah. Um, not yet quite time for the Patriots. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it will look pretty, I think this is pretty much it, right. but I don't, so I don't think there'll be a big move where I see them going is I can see them still signing, signing an outfielder, have my eye on Jorge Soler, who we talked about earlier. I would love that. Um, you know, home run hitter, 32 homers last year, not mm -hmm. a guy who hits for average, but like, again, right-handed hitter would definitely add some support to the outfield. That's a little, you know, touch and go, mm -hmm. um, or a guy like Adam Duvall. Um, you know, we know that's a guy we know, um, and had a good season last year, had its ups and downs, had his injury, um, but some another strong right-handed power. I wouldn't, I would be very, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't sign them, but I would also I think it's very realistic. They'd sign a guy like that, maybe more on the Duval side. I think he'd be a little cheaper and, you know, might have a little bit of hometown, hometown bonus there on the pitching front. As much as I love it, I don't think they're going to be signing Snell or Montgomery. Um, but I could see a guy, like I said before, like Mike Lorenzen. Um, I think that, you know, he had an up and down year, but um, it kind of has been on the downhill trajectory over the past few years. But I mean, I think he took a no hitter or perfect game into like the ninth or threw it last year, like had a really good bounce back with the Phillies for a few starts. Um, so I think they could really try to buy low on him. Um, and then this is just, a random one that I was reading about, but um, after the Astros signed Josh Hader, they put one of their past relief pitchers uh, on waivers, Matt Gage, um, who's had a really strong ERA in, in the past and strong strikeout pitcher and very young too. So it's like Breslow taking a flyer on a guy like that. Apparently the Red Sox are interested. Very, very like low cost. And that could be another arm they put in. So that was a long-winded answer. To answer your question, no huge moves, but like another outfield piece another pitching piece I could see it but don't but no expectations of like a Blake Snell Jordan Montgomery you know top of the line uh number one number two starter coming in right now but some pieces to shore up the team for sure so I'm kind of curious about something so kind of going back to the outfield um if we think about you know Neil's been brought in they have you know probably plans for Duran and you know Rafaela may factor into this if they were to sign like a Soler or someone like that what would happen with Yoshida because I'm kind of curious about where he factors in or is he someone that's just going to DH yeah I think so I was looking at fan graphs earlier and they had him as like the DH for the team this year um but I mean he can still play outfield so I think it's like right. then you're wondering about guys like William Abreu who they currently have slotted as one of the starting outfielders like I think that would kind of give him some more time to develop and like Mm -hmm. just gives a little bit of the team a little bit more flexibility. I feel like bringing in a guy like Solaire because right. you could have then an outfield of like Yoshida, Duran and O'Neal keep a bright you as a bench player. Um, or if story gets hurt or someone gets hurt, mess around with the infield, put a bright you at second, like you kind of have some options there. Um, okay. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. Or, or, you know, they could shock us all. We could wake up tomorrow and they're, they trade, Yoshida and Brian Mata and Marcelo Meyer to the White Sox for Dylan Cease. And we're having a very different conversation, but yeah. that's to do another pod if that happened. Sure. Um, 
I'm curious about, you know, you just mentioned Mayer. Um, who are other, you know, I know you mentioned some of the guys they brought in this offseason, like minor leaguers that could, you know, see some time with the Red Sox. Who's like a couple different guys, like high high profile minors, minor league guys that could possibly see some time in Boston this year? Yeah. You know, I'd say our future probably is 2025 and onward from minor league prospects, but uh, really excited about Sedan Raffaella. You know, has hit 20 home runs the last couple of years in the minors. Um, again, had a cup of coffee with the Sox last year. Didn't play great. Wasn't bad, but, um, you know, he's always had light power, always had average. So I could see him, you know, getting a time on the team, whether in a bench role or if they're keeping him down in Worcester. Um, just to give him more at-bats. But I think he'll make an impact this year. Definitely an exciting guy to watch, very dynamic. Um, I don't know if this will be his year, but Kyle Teal, super excited about his pro his prospects, no pun intended. Um, you know, a guy just signed last year out of, I believe it was Virginia Tech, and, uh, you know, put up great numbers, already made it to double-A. So, like, he'll probably be in double and triple-A, probably at Fenway next season. But you never know for a September call-up or if there's catcher injuries. Uh, so kind of fun to have some of those guys. And then I think there's like Ronan Anthony. I think he's a little bit farther down in the minors. So um, I think, and then we mentioned Brian Mata earlier. So I think like Mata and Raphael are probably your two guys this year to keep an eye on. And then, you know, the Myers and Teals of the world maybe for next year. Um, so we spent a little bit of time before we started recording that, you know, you were telling me about some uh, – projections in terms of uh, what the lineup might look like, what the rotation might look like. Uh, I'm, I'm curious about uh, what both of those things would look like for you in terms of like the opening day lineup and then the rotation. Yeah. Um, like you want me to go like one through nine, one through five. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I'm thinking, you know, Duran leading off probably, I think that'll probably be where we end up there. Mm -hmm. Second, you know, I guess the new trend was to have your best hitter hitting second. So Rafi hitting second, uh, Casas. And then parts depend on matchups. Like you could have Story at four. You could have Tyler O'Neill at four. Um, okay. And then like Yoshida, whoever okay. doesn't hit Story or O'Neill, And then Abreu, Grissom, and Wong. But again, if you sign a guy like Soler, he'll instantly go into that four or five spot. Or if you sign a guy like Duval, probably your five hitter. So that could look a little bit different. I kept reading that Giolito is going to be our number one starter could see it but i could also see them you know evaluating that during spring training i think that spring training performance will make a big difference there i could literally see it being giolito pavetta or bayo like any of them i could see getting the nod okay um i also think with cutter crawford's career year there you never know I, it was funny i saw one of the beat writers said that was like oh if if cutter crawford was on seattle we'd be like coveting him and like trying to trade for him like we were with like logan gilbert and um those Get the other guy, um, those pitchers over there. So he's a guy to watch. But I'm, I'll go Brian Bayo, Giolito, Pavetta, Crawford, Hauk. Probably is going to be the the five. Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll stretch out Whitlock and put him in. But he's such a good bullpen pitcher. So we'll see yeah. there. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that you know, and maybe I, maybe I talked about this during uh, various podcasts last summer, but. I kind of wish they just would stop screwing around with Whitlock in the rotation yeah. and just put him in the bullpen because that's where he's at his best. Yeah. Their bullpen's going to be great. I'm like, yeah. I, I was like, I was looking at 
you know, how they did last year. And like, you know, you Chris Martin, who had a 105 ERA, barely on any homers. I'm like, I also could see the Red Sox trading Durant, uh, not Durant, don't worry, Jansen as part of like a salary dump potentially and just like slotting Martin into the closer role. I think he would be able to pick it up super fast. And like Winkowski and Whitlock and Bernardino had a good season, like yeah. exciting bullpen. I don't know. I'm nerding out on the stats here, but exciting things ahead for the, that part of the team. No, Martin was so good last year. I believe that if I read this correctly, I think he got a Cy Young vote. Almost positive that he did. Wow. Deserved. So, um, so, you know, thinking about the prospects this season, I mean, any anything else that you had um, about the offseason so far and, you know, kind of like thoughts going into the year? Yeah, you, you touched on it. Um, a lot of the things I was thinking about, I do feel like, you know, we definitely lost some key guys, um, but I don't think anyone that's going to change the direction of the season. Now, being honest, I don't know if we brought in anyone who's going to change the direction of the season as well. So I think what's going to look might look similar to last year. But I do think that with Breslow and with a new pitching staff, pit, sorry, pitching coaches and a new staff, and if the players are kind of all, again, I, think, I feel like we said this last year in the podcast, but like, if you if the guys are playing up to their potential and there's no injuries, <laughs> um, two things that are easier said than done. But I could see them. I I, th- I think that you know another piece here or there could be nice, mm-hmm. kind of sure out the team. Um, but I I don't I don't think it's a non-zero chance that you'll be we'll be thinking about playoff baseball in September. Okay. Do I think it's a high chance? Do I think we're gonna are the favorites to win the AL East? No, but I I think that there is a non-zero chance that we're talking about playoff baseball this year interesting all right well i like it you know i think uh there's been a lot of you know things said with how the off season has went in terms of you know negativity oh they're not spending again and this and that but i think um again as we've said i think there's reasons to be looking forward to the 2024 season yeah and yeah i definitely echo a lot of the sentiments that the fans are feeling about not spending and everything. And I definitely personally like have personal wishes of the ways, you know, we'd be choosing to manage our team and our payroll. Yeah. That being said, as one of our owners did say the the champion, the trophy, the world series trophy is not handed to the team at the highest payroll. Yeah. It's handed the team who wins the world series. So yeah. in, in payroll does not determine that I saw something of like the teams at the highest payroll the last like five years, didn't even make like the world series or something like that. So, um, you know, it's not a given. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, Evan, thanks for, thanks for coming back on the podcast. Always, uh, always good to chat with you. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Always down to talk socks and, uh, talk, uh, what I'm excited about. Definitely. This will probably be the most optimistic podcast out there about the season. Um, but you know, that's, you got to get into the data and find things to be excited about. So, I'm glad we could do this together and thanks for all thanks for having me back in the lab. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Uh we'll catch you next time.